So last week we finished off explaining the Ima Lididah, that there was a concept called Tovas Hanah, that the girl has the ownership over her exclusive rights, but the father has the ability to give them to whoever he dictates. And the Gama responds, Hachi Ashti, taking it too far, Avim Akabu Kedushel, the father accepts her Kedushin, Tichsiv Espiti Natati Deishazeh, since we see that the father has the rights to give it over to whoever he wants, and now, what are we going to say? That she gets the money? Meaning, if we're talking about something which is not ownable, it's truma, it's bukhar, something which is only accessible to a specific party, so we understand there's a concept called tebesana. But when we're discussing rights, which she, the father can give it to anyone, so then that's something which is viable ownership. You can have ownership, so then obviously the father's getting the money. That's the Gemara's response here. So now, Continues the Gemara as follows. So very good. When do we have those rights? Maybe it's only true the father has the rights to give over his daughter in marriage. And included in that is like we said previously, he has the monetary rights to it as well. Maybe that's only true when his daughter is a katana. Why? Because when she's a katana, she doesn't have a yad to be makabal her kedushin. Now what's that mean? She doesn't have a yad to be makabal her kedushin. Says Rashi, our Ema Hanimili, maybe we could say we could limit this halacha, the Zachile Lakablam, that the Torah gave the ability for the father to accept the Kedushin, Biktana She'in Layad. That's referring to a young girl who doesn't have a hand. What does it mean she doesn't have a hand? The Lav Bas Deyahi. She doesn't have the ability to make a transaction. Right? She's a lav masdeya. She can't make her own decisions. So inasmuch as she's unable to make her own decisions, therefore we can limit the fact that the Torah gave the rights to the father to a circumstance, to a stage of her development, where she's not able to able to make those decisions on her own. That's what the Gemara is presenting. So, Maybe the father's whole rights is when she doesn't have a hand to accept her own condition. She's not a bardas. But a Naira, who does have a Yad to accept her Kedushin, so maybe the Naira should accept the Kedushin for herself, not only that, but she should also get the money. When it comes to a Naira who has a hand, when she has two hairs, they're talking about pubic hair, she has two pubic hairs, she's a Gedela for everything. They call unshin ulamamun, both when it comes to punishments and also when it comes to her monetary dealings. Shemekhamekach, if she acquires something, it's a legitimate acquisition on her own right. Memchara memcha, and if she sells something, it's a sale. So if that's true, that she can make her own purchases and sales, so e she can go ahead and mekanish herself. So here the Gemara is claiming as, as follows: Very good, we've proven that the father has the ability to marry her off. And we've proposed that logic dictates that not only should marry her off, but he also gets the money for that marriage. But now, maybe that's limited. That may be limited to a circumstance where she's not able to do it on her own. But if, theoretically, she was able to do it on her own, how? Because she's a bardash, she's a naira, then who says that the father has the rights to go ahead and marry her off? Maybe that's limited to the girl herself. To that, the Gemara responds, Amakra, therefore the Torah wrote a pasuk, that while she's a Nara, then she's in Besavia, 
she is in her father's domain. And here the Gemara is expressing at this stage, all of the monetary rights that a girl has, all of the authority over a girl, belongs to her father when she's an Ayra. Says Rashi, this is how Chazal expounded this verse. Whenever she's in her father's domain, she's in a Naira, then she belongs to her father. That any shvach, any monetary gain that comes to her while she's in Naira, that belongs to her father. And therefore, and therefore what? Therefore, even the right to marry her off, which we explained so many times already, is a monetary privilege of the father. He has domain over her exclusive rights. So therefore, that also belongs to the father. And therefore, when he was Makadash, he also gets the money. How do we know, Benora Beisavia, that all the Shach and come to her father? Now, tangentially, we'll tell you to speak it out that this Pasuk is a Pasuk that's written in regards to Hafaris Nadarim, the, the ability to annul uh, a girl's vows. We know that a father, when she's a Katana, as well as an Ira, has the ability, if a girl makes an, a vow, he can annul the vow on the day that he hears it. And that's called, that we know from Benora Beisavia. That's a Pasuk. Now, the Gemara is making an assumption that if the, girl, if the father is able to go ahead and he has the dominion over to the extent that he can actually annul her vows, then included within that must be that he has all rights over the girl. That's the Gemara's presentation up until now. So the Gemara, again, challenging everything we said. The father has rights to marry her off. He gets the money, etc. Maybe that's only true when she's a katana because there she can't do it on her own. But when she's a naira, she's able to do it on her own then maybe everything should be left up to her. So before we move on in the Gemara, I want to clarify, clarify a few more points in Rashi. Rashi has skipped over in Divra Maskel, the Ema Hanimili. Rashi says, So Rashi here asks a question. Rashi says that we know there's a parsha of Moti Shemra. Moti Shemra means that there was a girl who got married under the pretenses that she was a virgin. And now, after the wedding night, the husband comes and says, I was with my wife, and she wasn't a virgin. She was lying. So if we find that the man made up this, we could prove that she was actually a virgin at the night of the marriage. So then there's a punishment for him. He has to pay the father a um, hundred zuz. A hundred shkallam, I'm sorry. So now... The way the Pasuk says, the refers to this case, though, is that that he gives the money to the father of the Na'ara, meaning to say that we see clearly that a father married off his daughter when she's a Na'ara, and now the husband made a claim against her when she's a Na'ara, and we find him to be lying about that claim, about the daughter who's a Na'ara, so then he gives to the money to the father of the Na'ara. So why is he giving it to the money to the father of the Na'ara? Seemingly because he has the rights to the Kedushin. So he has rights to Kedushin. He was Mekadashar, and she's a Nara. So he asked Rashi on himself, how could the Gemara propose Mili at the time, the only time that the father's rights to marry her off is when she's a Ketana? How could we make such a claim? It's, it's explicit in the, in the Chumash that the father has the rights to marry her off when she's a Nara also. So Rashi answers, the Oilem de Kitchen Nihilibikatnusa. That Pasuk's referring to a situation where he was Makadish to his daughter when she was a Ketana. And since he was Makadish to the, as his daughter when she was a Ketana, that was his Kedushin. 
he sold those exclusive rights over. Ah, so now there's a claim of Motsi Shemra when she's a Naira. Very good, the clay she that's called she grew up. But inasmuch as he was the one that sold those rights, it seems as if the money therefore would go back to the father. So Rashi again was bothered. It seems like there's a Pasuk, it tells me you can marry off when she's a Naira. The answer is no. The Pasuk's referring to a case where he was Makadashur as a Ektana. And the claim of Mosi Shemra happened later on in time. When that, when that claim happened only when she was a Naira. So that's one point. Another point I'm going to bring out here is that Rashi in Devramaschil, Aval Naira de Isla Yad, Rashi says two things. He says that she's a Gdula, the Choldavar, that she's, she's a Gdula, she's liable for everything in all regards. Both in regards to punishment and in regards to transactions. Now, why transactions, her being in charge of transactions seems to me actually quite important, right? Because if we're claiming that she has the ability to sell her own exclusive rights, we have to establish that she's, first of all, able to sell them. And that, that sale actually takes effect. So that's very, very important for us to explain that. Neir de Isla Yad, so there, there, then in regards to Mamun Mecha Mekach, Memchara Memchar, it works. But why does Rashi throw in the fact that she's also responsible for Enshim? That seems actually to be quite an irrelevant fact. She's, she's responsible for Enshim. She's, she's liable to get punished now. Very good, she's liable to get punished now. But. The whole discussion here is, can she makadish herself, meaning to say, can she go ahead and sell those exclusive rights? That's what we're trying to establish. So why is Onshin relevant? Onshin seems to be a total non-factor in regards to determining whether she can makadish herself. So it seems to me that Rashi understands that this type of sale is a unique type of sale. Like we spoke out already on Tesis and Beis Amad Beis and Dibramaskal to Asadah, so this is asked a question, how come I can I use a language of Kedushin in regards to when I want to sell a talus, when I want to sell a piece of bread? The Tosis says, no, you can't. Why? Because when you sell something, so there, even though if you have ownership over it, you can lend it out, it's something which is shareable, it's not unique to you. Whereas when you call when you're Makadish, your wife, so there, there's something unique to you. You can't share that. It's something which creates a prohibition in regards to others. The sale itself creates a prohibition. So maybe Rashi is aware of that also. The Rashi is coming to say, very good mecha mecha and mechira se mechira. She can sell, she can buy, good. But how do we know that she's in a state of being that she can create a sale, this new type of sale, a sale which results in a prohibition? To that Rashi has to say that it's not only that she has a yad in regards to it's not only that she has a yad in regard to the sale itself, but she also has a yad in regards to the ability for her to make kedushin. That maybe is the reason why Rashi feels the need to add that in. So now before we go on to the next stage of the Gemara, let's clarify here what exactly the Gemara is trying to prove at this point according to Rashi. Rashi says, So now Rashi is stressing the fact here that the father has the ability to accept the Kedushin on her behalf when she's a Ketana. Why? Because she doesn't have a Yad. She can't do her own transactions. So according to Rashi, the whole discussion of the Gemara now is going to prove, very good, we know the father can be Mekadashar when she's a, when she's a Ketana. He can be Mekadashar. 
But how do we know the father has the right to be Makadashar when she's a Nara? That the Gemara brings a Pasuk, Nura Beisavir, that the father has the right to be Makadashar. Alright, we'll see later on, there's different ways to understand what the Gemara is trying to prove at this stage. But at this point, Rashi is saying very clearly, the discussion is, can the father be Makadash, Anara, or not? Now, how do we know that a father has the ability to be Makadash's daughter when she's a Katana? So that we'll see momentarily in Rashi, but that's going to be something else that we have to know. Right, at this point, we only know what's a Svara. Right, maybe we could prove it from Otsay Shemra, Right, at least we could deduce it from Otsay Shemra. But how do we know that the father has the right to be Makadashur that we're going to have to, when she's a Ktana, that we're going to have to prove as well as also? So now we ask the Gemara as follows. Rav said the following statement How do we know that the productivity, the handiwork, the job, the paycheck of the daughter goes to the father? Because it says when a man, a father, will sell his daughter as an indentured servant. So the same way that the indentured servant's actions or handiwork or productivity go to her master, so too when it comes to the daughter, her handiwork also belongs to her father. So Esther, Yehuda Merav, Esther Gemara, Yehuda Merav, Tepo claim in Rabbi Saviyah. How come when we're trying to prove the fact that the father has rights to her handiwork, to the girl's paycheck, there, how come we have to prove it from a pasuk of Yikim Kur Ishas Bitai? Why do we need to prove it from that pasuk? We should prove it from the pasuk we brought before, Ben Rabbi Saviyah. That the father has koshvach and orim, that he has all monetary rights to her. By virtue of the fact that Rivahuna Amaram has to source the ability to sell the handiwork of his daughter, that he has a privilege of Maisiadayim, he has to prove that from the Pasuk of Akiyim Kor, that proves to us that what? That Binara Beisavi is not referring to koshvach and orim, it's not referring to all monetary gains. So says the Gemara, Alaba Faris Nadarmadiksiv. Therefore, what? It must be that Rav Huna Merav, if they're sourcing the ability for the father to collect Maisiadayim from Ish Kim Kor Ishas Bitai, and not from Maisiadayim, not from Menorah Beisavia, must be Menorah Beisavia is referring to Afaris Nadarim. So Hachanami, so to our context, Afaris Nadarim Hudichsiv. So there, therefore, it has to be that Afaris Nadarim is the discussion of Menorah Beisavia. So therefore, we tried to source the ability for the father to be Makadish's daughter from Benora Beisavia that we can't do. Benora Beisavia is limited to Afaras Nadarim. If it's limited to Afaras Nadarim, we can't source the father's ability to Makadisha. So therefore, we're lacking a source of Hunam that by virtue of the fact that Hunam necessitates a separate Pasuk to show monetary dominion over a daughter, it shows that Nerebi Sevilla is not a general principle showing that he has all monetary rights to her. That's the Gemara's question. So now Rashi here, and the Ramaskala Ama, tunes us in to how we know that the father is the right to Makanish a daughter when she's a katana. Rashi says as follows La'ama Krayaseruhu. It's a superfluous Pasuk. Therefore, Chazal expanded to teach us as follows that his daughter. She is the same status to him as an Amma an Amma Ivriya, as an indentured servant. And it has to be that we're discussing his daughter who's a Naira. Why? 
because if we're referring to a ktana, lo itzrich, we don't necessitate a separate pasuk. Why? If he's able to sell her as a an ame ivria, so do we really need a meisiyadayim? So no, we don't need a separate pasuk for meisiyadayim. So the fact that he can sell her as an ame ivria is the basis that we know that he has the right to meisiyadayim, and for the for virtue of the same fact, the fact he can sell her as an ame ivria is going to be the basis that we know that he's able to mimakadasher even when she's a ketana. That's going to be our stance in Rashi. That being said, we still have to derive, how do we know that he can be Makadasha when she's a Naira? So says the Gemara, V'chitim anilif minei. So maybe we should determine from the Hafaris Nadarim itself. Very good Hafaris We can't say Nerebe Sevilla is a general principle saying the Father has all monetary rights. But maybe the fact that he has dominion over his Surim will indicate to us that he can also have rights over her Mominus. And therefore, he'll be able to Makadash her. And the Gemara responds, we can't derive from a farce why not? A principle, we can't derive monetary rules from Isurim, the two separate parts of the Torah. One can't give us inklings, understandings into the other. Yes, the Gemara of Kanasa, so maybe we should be able to derive it from Kanas, that the same way that Rashi explains. We're discussing the knas of Onus Mefata. We know there's a din of Onus Mefata that if a girl is forced upon by a man forced upon himself upon a girl, so the father gets chamishim shkalim as part of a knas, other things as well, but at least part of that is the father gets chamishim shkalim. So the same way that the father gets the chamishim shkalim for Onus Mefata, so too maybe has the right to be makadashar. That the Gemara says no. The same way we said that Maman and Issa are too disparate categories and therefore we can't derive from one to the other. So too, money, compensation and kanas and fines, they're also two disparate categories and we can't define we can't derive one from the other. Says the Gemara Vine, Vachitim and Begam. So maybe we should derive the ability for the father to be Makanish's daughter from something called Boshes and Pagam. Boshes and Pagam means that if a girl is damaged, someone attacks a girl so then, there's different payments that a person gets when they're attacked. Nezek, Tsar, Ripui, Shevis, Boshas. We talked about it last year, if you're part of the alumni group. So there, the, the father, under certain circumstances, has rights to Boshas and Pagam of his daughter. So the same way the father gets Boshas and Pagam when his, fa- when his daughter is damaged, so too here, we can say that the father has the rights to the Kedushin, even when she's a Naira. And here, what are you going to tell me? It's it's not Knas, it's not Isser, it's Mamun. The same way the Mamun of the Naira, who goes through an attack, and there's Bosh and Pagam, that goes to the father. So too, we should say that the ability to Makadash also belongs to the father when she's a Naira. To the Gemara responds, we can't. Why not? Shoni Bosh and Pagam, Bosh and Pagam is different because her father is connected to it. What exactly was the question? What exactly was the answer? It's going to take up the rest of the year, So we're going to come back to it momentarily. But that at least we see as a refutation here that we try to propose from Boshas and Pagam. Then the Gemara says, no, you can't do it because our father's connected to it, whatever that means. So now we still need a source. Then how do we know the father can marry off his daughter when she is a Nara? So this is the Gemara, El 
Rather, we know based off logic. Right? We know before we brought a Pasuk, the Yotzachinam in Kosef, that there's a din of an Amivriya. The din of an Amivriya is that there's a girl, she's a Naira, she was under the jurisdiction of someone else, she had a master, and now that she got Simonim, so now the Simonim say she leaves the domain of that master without paying anything. So the din of Amivriya means that you leave the domain of your master without payment. So So when we have now a pasuk, and it's saying there's no money to this guy in this case, implying that there is money somewhere else, that's coming to exclude us from the din of Amevria. So it's, it's logical that we're coming to exclude someone from the din of Amevria, the leaving free without a payment. We're coming to exclude a comparable form of leaving. So it's a comparable form of leaving. The daughter leaving the auspices, the domain of her father. So since the daughter is leaving the domain of her father, that's a comparable form of Yitzhiyah. There, that'll be logical dictate that that's the case that the Torah is referring to. So the Yatsachinam in Kosef is by the Amma. Ah, there's another case where she's a Naira and she leaves the domain of someone. That's the case of Kedushan, the case of Kedushan. Ho, ho, ho. That must be then the father is able to marry her even when she's a Naira. That's the Gemara's conclusion. So now that we saw the Gemara's conclusion, obviously there's more to talk about at this stage of the Gemara as well. But let's go back. Let's go and analyze what was the potential derivation that was being discussed by Boshes and Pagan, and what was the Gemara's refutation that we can't derive the ability for the father to Mekadosh his daughter when she's a Naira from Boshes and Pagan. So Rashi starts off as follows. Rashi, when he, Rashi, when he says that we're going to derive from Boshes and Pagan, Rashi says, We uphold in the Mesechus Ksubis, that a person forces himself upon a girl when she's in Aira, the Bush and Pagam go to the father, and this money, this Bush and Pagam, is that class. So, let's, let's explain. What's Rashi trying to do? Rashi is giving us a source that something happens to the daughter. And nonetheless, the money goes to the father. And that money is not a penalty like we found in regards to the payment of Onus Mafata. This is actually a compensation. This is a monetary payment that's going to the father, even though something happened to the daughter. So what it sounds like is Rashi showing us an example that we see from here that the father has rights over the daughter, monetary rights over the daughter when she's in Naira. So Rashi is sourcing it. Rashi seems to be sourcing the fact, I'll show you, you want to know, how do I? How can I prove to you that the father has monetary jurisdiction over his daughter when she's a Naira, to the extent that he could be Makadashar? I'll prove it to you from the case of Bosham I'm sorry, that Bosham we see, that the father has monetary jurisdiction over his daughter. To that, the responds, no, you can't. Why not? Tomorrow. So what's it mean that a father is connected to a Yishayich Begavayil? So Rashi says as follows, That he has a part in them. What does that mean? That he has the ability to embarrass her and defile her for money that will be given to him. Because what could he do? He could marry her off to a creep or a guy with boils. 
that would be that would create a bosh and a pegam for the daughter, but nonetheless he has the ability to do so. So since he has the ability to do so, it shows that it's something which he has domain over. And therefore, this guy who forced himself upon this man's daughter, he causes the father loss. And that people now are going to think less of this girl. And people aren't going to be jumping up to marry her. So what does Rashi say? Rashi explains that you know why we can't source the following monetary rights over his daughter from Boshaz and Pagam? Because Boshaz and Pagam is something which, logically speaking, belongs to the father. It's a father's privilege. It's not something that it's really a payment which should be going to the daughter, but we see the father has it. It's a payment which should really be going to the father in the first place. Why? Because we see the father has dominion over it. Because the father can cause Boshas and Pagam. Since the father can cause Boshas and Pagam, he can marry her off to a Manuvul Amukashchin. So, therefore, it's something which is already his. So, if that gets damaged, obviously he's the one getting payment. In the same way, that if you know, someone forces himself upon his daughter. So then he loses that also. He loses moment because now people aren't going to be so forthcoming to marry her. So now he, he had a monetary loss. So what's the format, the skeleton that Rashi is presenting? Rashi is saying, derive, I'll source for you a case that we can see that something happened to the girl and nonetheless the father's the one that gets the money. So we see that the father must have monetary dominion over his daughter when she's an Ira. Says the Gemara, no, that's not a legitimate case. Why not? Because that case, the money, even though something happened to the daughter, the monetary loss that happened was to the father because he is in dominion over the Bosh and Pagam. And he's the one that loses out when the Bosh and Pagam occurs. So therefore, even if it happened to the daughter, his finance is the one that took the hit. And therefore, you can't source for me that all financial matters that happened to the daughter belong to the father because this is a unique case. This is something which is relevant to the daughter, but logically connected to the father. That's the Gemara according to Rashi. Now, in Rashi in a vacuum, how we spoke it out right now makes sense. The only problem is that, that, is that the logic is circular. Why is the logic circular? Because Rashi, how does Rashi know that the father has the rights to the Bosh Pagam? Rashi knows that the father has rights to Bosh Pagam by virtue of the fact that the father can marry her off to a manuvul amuka shechin. So now let's take that. Let's let's get this straight. That means that we're trying to prove the father can marry off his daughter when she's a naira. How can I prove to you from the fact that the father can marry off his daughter from his uh, when she's a naira from the case of boshes and pagam? Now, how do I know that the father is connected to the boshes and pagam because he can marry her off when she's a naira? To a manuvul, a mukashchin. What? That you're trying to prove the fact that he can mekadesh her from a case which we only know that he has the rights to it with the assumption that he can mekadesh her. That's called circular logic. I want to prove to you he can mekadesh her when she's an Iro by virtue of the fact that when I'm a, I can be mekadesh her to someone who causes embarrassment, and since I own embarrassment, I know that I can mekadesh her. But the only reason I know he can be cause embarrassment is because he can mekadesh her to someone who's embarrassing. Again, the logic here is circular. You can't prove to me that he has a privilege when the proof necessitates that privilege in order to be a proof. So that, that question in Rashi is, is catastrophic, to put it simply. And the, 
right now what we're going to try to do is try to address it. The Ramban asked the question, Tosis asked the question. We're going to see the Ramban first. I thought the Ramban was an easier read than Tosis. So let's go through the Ramban. I think we, we don't do this usually. I think there's a value here. We're going to read the Ramban together. We're going to go through, the Ramban has five answers. We're going to go through all five of them. We're going to see Tosis and Yat Hashem if we have time. And we'll explain, maybe this answer is Rashi, maybe it doesn't. So it says the Ramban as follows. Rashi says as follows: Derive the fact that you from the money of Kanas, or from Bush of Now we can make a precise reading. How do we know that the Bush of Pagam belong to the Father? We derive because if he wants to, he can marry off to a manubal, to a creep, or a mukashchin, a guy with boils. Kaloimar, meaning to say, that the father merits, he has the privileges to marrying off his daughter. Yes, the Ramban in Canaan, if that's true, since we still haven't established that the father has the right to marry her off, so how in the world could we assume then that the father has the privileges to Bosh Pagam? Maybe a prerequisite to being able to assume that the father has the right to push the begam is that first we have to source that he has the right to be makanasha. Bam kasha. Such a good kasha that Ramban answered himself. So answer the Ramban and answer number one. Take one. Vyesh mafarsham. Do those explain that the derivation is sourced from Bosh the begam of Katana? Now, how does that help? Because the whole question is we understand that he can marry her off. When she's a katana, that we learn from Isaiah But how do we know that he can marry off when she's an Ira? So if we can make it that the, we can derive somehow, extrapolate from Bosh the Begam of a katana to our case of Naira, then our question would cease to exist. It wouldn't be circular anymore. We would already have Bosh the Begam of a katana sourced. So, this is really what the Gemara meant to say. Mi Bosh Pagam. For sure, certainly, the bush that began of a daughter belong to the father. Even though she has a yad in it. Meaning to say as follows. There are certain circumstances the Gemara B'Vakama talks about already. There are certain times when the father gets the bush that began, even when, the girl, for sure, when the girl's a katana. But even when there's a katana, sometimes the girl also gets bush that began. There are such circumstances. And since there are such circumstances, that means that Boshan and Pagam is not a payment unique to the father. It's a joint it's a joint privilege, it's a joint schus. Each one has a yad, each one has a say. Sometimes it goes to him, sometimes it goes to her. And since that's true, it has she also has a yad. Now obviously she can't go ahead and determine what to do with that money. The Gemara says Yasala Skula, we make for her some kind of an investment, and therefore, when she's older, she'll have the money that she can access. But she has a yad, she has a say in it. Right? Why? Because that money goes to her automatically. It's not something that she has to work for. It's not something that she makes, has to make decisions about. And therefore, even a katana has a say in it under certain pretexts. So, af kedusha, de naira. So, if that's true, even when it comes to the kedushin of a naira, even though she has a yad, so then, that should belong to the father. Who did the bush of Naira? So too, when it comes to the bush of Naira. Meaning to say, the Ramban is proposing, let's make a memetino, let's derive out a concept. The concept is, 
we see from Boshes and Pagam of Ektana that what happens? She has a yad in Boshes and Pagam. And partially, you know, there's certain things that sometimes it actually does go to her. But when it comes to a case of marrying her off to a maneuver of Mukashkin, even though she has a yad in in the Boshes and Pagam, nonetheless, the money goes to the father in that case. So we see that when there's a tension between Yadayin, the father has a yad, the girl has a yad. So who trumps who? From Boshes and Pagam, we can source that the father trumps her yad. Even though she has a yad, it doesn't deter his yad. So now, once that's true, very good, we've established that the girl has a yad when she's an Irish, she can accept her own condition. But that doesn't mean that the father doesn't have a yad. And therefore, even if she has a yad, what happens now when there's a tension between Yadayim? The father has a yad, the girl has a yad. So now, who gets the Kesef Kedushin? Who gets the ability to Makadash her off? To that, the Ramban wants to prove from Boshes and Pagam that when there's a tension between two Yadayim, the father trumps. The same way by Boshes and Pagam of Akhtana, even though she has a yad, the father's yad trumps and she gets it. He can be Mursal and Manuvul Mukashchin. So similarly, that she has a yad by Kedushin, even though she has a yad when she's, uh, by Kedushin when she's an Ayra, the father also has a yad. So his yad trumps. That's what we can prove from 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 uh, Boshes and Pagam. The Gemara answers as follows, We answer, no, you can't say that. Why not? Boshes and Pagam is different. The father also has a connection to it. Kalimar, meaning to say, Shiny Hasam, Boshes and Pagam is different. Why? That really, he has the ability to marry her off to a, a, a creep or a mukashchin. Because why? Because she can't marry herself off when she doesn't have a yad as a katana. But maybe when she's an ayra, it's different. Meaning to say as follows. What are you trying to prove to me? You're trying to prove to me that when there's a tension in your diet, when she's a katana, so her his yad trumps her yad whenever there's a tension. So let's make a rule. Whenever there's a tension in your diet, they both have a yad for kedushin. So then his yad trumps her yad. That the Ramban says you can't make such a rule. Why not? Because part of the understanding of of his having a right to kedushin is that he has unlimited rights to that kedushin. He can go ahead and be Makadashur to whoever he wants. And inherent to that, latent to that, is ability to be Makadashur even to a Manuvul of Mukashchim. And since part of the ability of the father to marry her off is to marry her to a Manuvul Mukashchim, that means latent to the ability to be Makadashur is also the ability to be Makadashur. So you can't make a general principle that whenever there's a tension in Yadayim, that his Yad trumps her Yad, that's not the case. All we can prove to you is that here, Kedushin has built into it the ability to cause Boshin and Pagam. But how do you know when there's a tension in Yadayim between a Yad of the daughter to be herself and Yad of the father to be herself that the father's Yad takes precedence? The only time we see the father's Yad taking precedence is when there's a unique circumstance, there's a unique din, which the Kedushin, his rights to Kedushin, logically override her right to Boshin and Pagam. But when that's not existent, we're discussing equal rights of Kedushin, there we don't see that his Yad takes precedence. That would be the first approach to the Ramban 
to answer up this question, how do we get out of the circular logic of Rashi? So the Havamina is that we can prove for both the Pagam when there's a tension between contradicting Yadai and his Yad takes precedence. And therefore, when there's a contradiction between her Yad of Kedushin and his Yad of Kedushin, so the father's Yad of Kedushin takes precedence. Kamash Malan, we can't do that because the Yadayim of Boshes and Pagam have a unique case. The father for sure has exclusive rights to Kedushin. And since the rights of Kedushin latently have the ability to cause Boshes and Pagam, therefore you can't extrapolate a general principle of what happens when there's a tension between Yadayim. First answer of the Rambam. So on take two, Vachirum Amru. So others say a different chat, a different explanation. The Bush Begam The Bush Begam of Anura also belonged to a father. Why? You can marry her off to a Manuval Ramuka Shin Kshiktana when she's a youth, when she's young, she's a girl. Vahip Kumala and the damages have permanent effect. So since the damages, he's allowed to cause permanent damage, there must be then the reason why he can cause that permanent damage is because it's a privilege which he has permanently. Therefore, if he can has the rights to boost and begam when she's an Aira, there must be then he has the rights to marry her off as well. To that, the Ramban asks on himself, even Tamarim Kain Bogaris Nami, Aye, so what are you going to say if the permanent damage is a basis to know that you have rights? So then that permanent damage extends past Nairus, it extends even when she's a Bulgaris. And we know that when she's a Bulgaris, she has exclusive rights. The father lost his privileges. The Eshleimar, we can answer that up and say as follows that when Bulgaris, it comes to a Bulgaris, came into Nafkam and Rishuse the Gamri, since he totally leaves her domain, we don't say that since when she was in his domain he could damage her so he could still keep on those privileges after she left his domain but when it comes to Naira, we see that we see that what? that she's still in his Rishos in regards to Maisiyadayim and Afar Snadarim so inasmuch as we see that she's still in his Rishos for certain things, so then we can assume as well that she's in Israel still when it comes to Bosh and Pagam. But, she's out of Israel entirely, then we don't go ahead and assume that she's in his domain still for Bosh and Pagam. And it says the Ramban himself that these are not so clear. This answer is still not so clear. Now, what's not so clear? Very simple. What's the whole basis of lo- us knowing that he has the rights to Bosh and Pagam from the fact that the father can cause permanent damage? I, the father can cause permanent damage, so permanent damage is the reason that I own these privileges permanently. Oh, but it's not true. Why not? Because it's not permanent. Even though the damages are going to last to the stage of Bulgaris, so nonetheless, Bulgaris, she's on her own. You can cause damages, which will be when she's a Bulgaris, but Bulgaris, she's on her own. It's only when we have this interesting cholent. We have the ability to cause permanent damage, and we see that she's still in his domain to a certain degree. That's when he has the privileges to boast and begam. If you can explain that, not only would I like to hear, but it sounds to me like the Rabban himself would like to hear. This, this issue is an issue. Now, 
That being said, the Rabban never even addressed what's the answer of the Gemara. This is just the proposed derivation. That's proposed you could derive from the Bershom Yama Katana since what? Since he can cause as a Katana, Bershom Begam, which is going to last even by Nairus. So it must be that when she's a Naira, he also has the right to Bershom Begam. Now, why does the Gemara refute that? So, theoretically, even if we could understand the proposition, which is why the Ramban runs away, but the refutation, I assume, is the same refutation. No. We just told pre- so, you in the previous one, that the father, it's actually logical that the father has rights to this. And since it's logical that the father has rights to it, so therefore, you can't prove to me that this is a merit that the father has in the daughter, which is continuous. It's to be something of that format, but it's, it's the whole thing doesn't start like the Ramban himself says. Take three. So some of our French sages explained as follows. We obviously know already that a father can marry off his daughter when she's a Naira. How do I know? That says that I gave my daughter to this man. And that implies that any kind of Nesina was included. After the most of the Chuppah, even to send her off to the Chuppah, could appear Shashi with Patata. Like Rashi explained in Nairish and Spatat and Ksubas. And you can't say that it's talking about a case when he married her off when she was a Ktana. Why? Because it says if it was true that she really cheated on her husband in regards to a Mutsi Shemra, then the punishment is Skila. But if the father married off when she was a Ktana, not as a Naira, then Becheneki. Then the punishment would only be chenek. So since we see that the punishment is skila, it must be that he can marry off when she's an ayra. So since we derived already that the father has the ability to marry her off when she's an ayra, therefore automatically you could understand that the money of the Bursa Begam also belonged to him. Why? Because he can marry off to Manu Lukashkin. So let's pause here momentarily. So what did Rashi say? Rashi said, not Rashi, I'm sorry. What did the Ramban say in his third answer? The Ramban says that we know the father can marry her off. How do we know the father can marry off him when she's a Nairo that we learned from the Parsha Muti Shemra? What's the whole question of the Gemara? The whole question of the Gemara is even when the father marries her off, so what? He gets the money also. So now we know the father can marry off, we know the father gets the money. Tangentially, what did Rashi do with this proof? Rashi said this whole Gemara is talking about when he married her off when she was a katana. Now, how did Rashi deal with this discrepancy in punishments? That we don't know. That being said, the Ramban is the one making this claim. He doesn't quote a Gemara that makes a discrepancy between these punishments. But Rashi understood that the the, the case of Moshe Shemra is specifically talking about a case. So he married off when she was a katana, and the whole ability to marry off when she was an Ira, that's the discussion. So here... Let's continue. Aye, that which we said earlier, the Gemara itself made a distinction between a Ketana and a Naira. This is what the Gemara meant to say. A new take. It can't be the take Rashi took. How do we know that the father has the rights to marry off when she's a Naira? That we sourced already. Maybe only the father has the right to marry off when she's a Ketana. And since only he can marry her off and she can't do it herself, 
It's impossible to say that the Kesagudushan was going to her. Why? Sharia of the Mechmasa Huzeche. He doesn't merit that Kedushan through her. And it's not because he appointed her an agent. Because at the whisper and she's a katana, she has no rights to Kedushan, and she can't appoint an agent for it to collect the Kedushan either. But when it comes to a Naira who has a Yad, maybe she can marry off herself. And maybe when she is a Makadish herself, that what? That she could collect the money as well. We'll buy it in the Mifshot, and we want to answer as far as Mifars Nadarim, We're going to say no. That even still, it's still going to be Rishu Sa'av. Because if she was going to be totally autonomous, how could it be then when she makes a nether, the father can go ahead and annul it? And also when it comes to fines, there we also see that the kesef belongs to the father, and the father collects the fine. And since that's true, the she doesn't get to keep the money. Because how could it be then that the father, that she collects the Kedushin and the father gets the money? So the question isn't whether or not the father can be Mekadashar. The question is, is she able to be Mekadash herself also? It's not limited to the father, but could she also be Mekadash herself? So each one of these propositions is trying to prove to you that the, even though she's a, she has a yad, nonetheless the father still has exclusive rights. How do I know? Because he can be mefer and nadarim. That the Gemara says, no, you can't prove from a first nadarim the father's exclusive rights. That's isurim. Oh, so it's proved that even though she has a yad, the father still has exclusive rights. Why? Because he collects kanas. No, you can't prove from kanas. Oh, so now I'll prove to you from bosh and pagam because then it's mammon. So the same way as exclusive rights, the bosh and pagam. So then she he also has exclusive rights when it comes to Kedushin. And there it's not circular because we know the father can be Mekadashar as an Aira. That the Gemara says, no, it's different. It's logical that the father collects. So again, we get, avoid, evaded that circular logic. We know the father can be Mekadashar. And the answer to the Gemara is very good that the father can be Mekadashar. And you might think that the father can be Mekadashar exclusively. Why? Because we see that even though she has a Yad, nonetheless, the father has domain over the Boshes and Pagam, he has a domain over the Mamanis, so he has, still has domain over the Kedushin as well. Now the Gemara says, no, Boshes and Pagam is something unique. But when it comes to other Mamanis, maybe her Yad still plays a role. Let's take three. Take four. Really, we're asking on Maisi Adel, and we're really asking on Ravuna. The Omer Menayin Shemaisa Bas Davia. The Ravuna asks, How do we know that Maisa Bas goes to her father? Vechitema Neilif Maisi Adam in the Dorim. What are we going to say? That Maisi Adam we can derive from the Dorim. Vechatalamili the Amma. Why do we then have this pasuk of Vechim Chorbish Vechorbito Yisa Amma? So now, what's this proposition? This proposition is that the whole Shak of the Gemara is trying to determine why is this the best source. For Funa Merav. Funa Merav sourced the, the Maisia Del, the Maisia Basco to the father from Vikim Kurishas Bito. Ask the Gemara why are you determining it from Vikim Kurishas Bito? Learn it from Narabe Sevilla. Must be Narabe Sevilla's teaching me 
What? Only hafaris nadarim. So we can't derive that from Kedushin. So I asked the Gemara, V'chitim and Neilef Minay. So let's ask on Rav Huna, V'chitim and Neilef Minay. How come, Rav Huna, you don't derive from Afaris Nadarim? Same way the father has dominion over Afaris Nadarim, he also dominion over Maisi Adel. Then the Gemara says, V'chitim and Neilef Minay. V'chitim and Neilef Miknasal. So ask the Gemara then, so Rav Huna Merav derive Maisi Adel from Knas. To that the Gemara says, V'chitim and Neilef Minay. We don't derive it from there. So then, very good, you can't derive from Knas, but derive the fact that the father's rights to Messi Adayim from the fact he's rights to Bersha Begam. Then we say, no, Shani Bersha Begam, it's different. Now that we lost, we can't tell you a different source of Hunam Arav, and we already told you of Hunam Arav, understand the Paschal Narav Besavia to be talking about specifically a Faris Nadarim. Therefore, a Faris Nadarim can't be a source for Koshvach Urim. So, how do I know the father can be Makadesh? His daughter. That we say, Good. But what was the whole discussion of Bishnah Pagan? That wasn't in trying to derive the father's ability to be Makadish's daughter. That was a proposition of how do we know what would do in another source from Isaiah So again, we don't have this circular logic. The whole circular logic was how can you prove to me the father's the rights of Makadish's daughter from Boshan Pagam if Boshan Pagam a prerequisite to those rights the fact of Makadisher. That wasn't what Boshan Pagam was trying to do. Boshan Pagam was trying to be a different source of how do I know that the father can have the right to Maisiadayim. That was the fourth approach in the Ramban that goes ahead and avoids this question of circular logic in Rashi. The fifth approach of the Ramban doesn't change the Havamina. The Havamina is still that we found a source, we found a case that we see that the mammon belongs to the father, the, and even though the incident happened to the girl. And now the question is, what's the refutation? Why isn't that a proper proposition? Why isn't it a real derivation? So it says the Ramban. Gis the Svaram Kachi. Shiny Boshis of Pagam de Vianami Aislate Sarabagavayo. Boshis of Pagam is different. Why is Boshis of Pagam different? Because the father also has Tsar. It also hurts the father, meaning to say, don't tell me you can't derive from Boshes and Pagam the fact that the father gets that money when she's a Naira is a source of the fact that he has rights over her money when she's a Naira as well. You can't do that. The reason he's getting paid is because it also is painful for him. And therefore, that's not a proper derivation. Now, it still doesn't get us out of the circular logic. What it was does do is there's a different reason. It's not a Shaykh Begavaihu that he has, and logically it belongs to him. It's a Shaykh Begavaihu because you've hurt him through this process. Therefore, that's not a source for the girl getting the money. So that, that's our fifth approach. Now, let's go through are all five of the, any of these five approaches a legitimate approach in Rashi? So, let's start with. The easiest one, number three, number three, the Rabbeinu Atzorfatim. The Ramban is assuming we know already the ability to Makadish his daughter. Rashi, we saw in Hanimili. That's the whole question of the Gemara: Does the father have the ability to marry off his daughter, which is an Ayra? So Rashi obviously can't be assuming that the third is a third approach. Does the, does the girl also have the ability to marry herself off when she's an Ayra? Is it exclusive to the father? They can't be. Because the assumption is we know the father can do it. No, according to Rashi, the whole question is, isn't the father able to do it? So that can't be our source. Now question number four, four approach number four, is what? Approach number four is that the whole question of the Ikhtim of Bishnam Pagam 
is really trying to source a different way the father's rights to Maisiadayim. That also can't be in Rashi. How do I know? Look at Rashi, the Ramaschal, the right? At this stage already, in this stage of the fourth answer of the Ramban, we're discussing prepositions for Maisiadayim being having a different source. Rashi says, Rashi is explicit that this stage is not talking about Maisiadayim, it's talking about Kesav Kedushin. So there is a clear proof that Rashi isn't learning the the fourth answer. The fifth answer, very simple, Rashi doesn't have the text. The Vyashach Begavayu is Rashi's text. It's not the the father has Tsar. It goes with the original text, the Shaykh Begavayu. So Rashi clearly is not learning like the fifth. So maybe Rashi is learning like one of the first two. So let's go with the second shot. The second explanation is that there's permanent damage here. That's the answer. Since there's permanent damage, I'm sorry, maybe that'll be our source. So what would we want? We would want the Rashi in Divramaskal Bishop Begam would say, why does the father have rights to it? Because he damaged her permanently. Rashi says, the father gets the money, and it's not a knas. There's no allusion to the nature of the damage. There's no allusion to the fact that this is going to be something which affects her, even Benarus, and therefore logic dictates that it's his. The whole explanation isn't said here. The whole explanation that's said here, it's very hard to say that Rashi is assuming that. Aside from the fact that the logic itself is lacking, the Ramban himself admits it. So what are we left with? We're left with the first explanation of the Ramban. That one, there's a contradiction between Yadayim, there's a tension, and when there's a tension between Yadayim, so then the father takes precedence. Again, Rashi doesn't say this. Rashi doesn't say this both in the proposition, he doesn't say here anything about learning a Mematsina when she's a Ketana, right? Then also in the previous one. Who's talking about a Ketana here? Rashi ever discussed the fact established that we're discussing a Ketana? Never. Rashi is purely talking about the discussion at hand. How do I know he can marry off when she's a Naira? So if that's true, so then Rashi would have to tell us we're talking about a Ketana. Number one. Number two, the proposition is learn a Mematsina from Yadayim. There's tension Yadayim. The father trumps. Again, Rashi doesn't allude to it. Rashi doesn't allude to it whatsoever. So I'm supposed to assume from this, you know, cryptic Rashi, number one, that we're talking about a katana, number two, that we're talking a, a derivation of a principle, that when there's a contradiction in your name, the father wins out? Impossible. Tell me that, that, that it is true. So what's the answer? That you can't bring to me a rule, of a principle? Because why? Here's an exception. Because he owns a privilege of Boshan Pagam, I'm sorry, of Kedushin, which undermines her Boshan Pagam. That Rashi also doesn't say. The privilege of Kedushin undermines Boshan Pagam. He just says, we know he can marry her off, and therefore he causes the Boshan Pagam. It doesn't say that his ability to marry her off undermines her Yad to Boshan Pagam. So the whole explanation, the first explanation of the Ramban, Ramban doesn't work. So that means that we have uh, Ramban asking a question on Rashi. Rashi, you want to prove to me that Kedushin Naira from Boshan Pagam? How do we know the Azariah's Boshan Begam from the fact that he can marry off to Manu Kishkin? Rashi, the logic circular. That question, a bomb. Five answers to that question. None of the five answers work for Rashi. So what happened to Rashi here? How could that be? Listen, the truth is I want to go through Batosus, but it's already, I'm over 55 minutes. Tosus asked the same question. Tosus asks, how could you go ahead and tell me that the father has rights to Boshan Begam because the father has the ability to marry her, you want to prove it to me that the father has the ability to marry her, 
you can't prove that from Bush Begam. The prerequisite, again, is the fact that he can marry Rav to Mubukashkin. So what's Pshat and Rashi? So he starts off saying the second answer of the Ramban, that since he can do permanent damage, so then it must be that what? That since he has permanent, so that he has the right to it as well. Which is an Ira. He asks on himself the same question. I, it's illogical. So he goes ahead and says a whole new Pshat. Now the simple way to read Tursus is that the, the next answer is like the third explanation of the Ramban. The whole question is, can she move herself as well as her father? In lieu of her father. Yeah, again, Rashi doesn't learn that way. So we're stuck. The Rishonim are not saying an explanation here that's going to work according to Rashi. So I'm to next week the goal here is going to be to try to propose an explanation Rashi that's going to, first of all, explain what the proposition is, explain what the rejection of that proposition is, but to do it in a way that's not going to be necessitating a circular logic. All right, so Mir Tashem will pick up next week.